everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Pure Hustle Podcast. Yes. Thank you so much. We do have a request though, before we get started, if you have found our content to be entertaining or helpful, would you consider leaving us a review on iTunes? Those five-star reviews really help to make sure that our content gets out there and that our show continues to grow. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Pierce Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Rolando, and we're on episode 356, an update episode. Yes, we love our update episodes. We have an update episode every other week. So every Wednesday, we have an episode that drops. It's at least an hour long, sometimes quite a bit longer than that. Uh, and the episodes are every other week. One is an update episode where we talk about the things that are happening in our life, uh, reselling wise, things we've some maybe some random stories, things we've sourced. Uh, we talk about what's going on in the reselling world in general. We talk about some sweet bolos, things you should be on the lookout for uh, to flip on eBay or Amazon or locally. Uh, and then on the other Wednesday, so every other week, other than that, we do a themed episode where we talk about something that uh, maybe is important uh, in reselling specifically or like a topic that uh, is going to help you maybe about shipping or something like that. So make sure you are subscribed, whether it's on podcast or on YouTube so that you don't miss any of our content because our content uh, covers a lot of stuff reselling wise. So you want to make sure uh, you are subscribed. Hit that bell notification if you're on YouTube. Uh, but no matter how you're listening, subscribe, make sure you're listening to our podcast because uh, we got a lot going on and our updates are really, I think, probably like our uh, flagship episodes, right? It's like the one where we really get into the reselling world, reselling news, those all the things people are looking for. No, agreed, agreed. And uh, it's, uh, you know, I wish we could do update episode every week and I think we'll get to that eventually again. We used to do that. Remember, we would do like update and theme, but uh, in time uh, because right now things are slow so it's kind of nice that we have an update episode just once a week uh or once every two weeks because i honestly right now with ebay the how sluggish things have been uh you know even sourcing has been kind of off but here's the reason why it's not because sales aren't happening it's not because there isn't anything to source i know for myself it's just i've slowed down i have i have slowed down i, I noticed that today you know, right now you probably can't tell on the video, but I'm all sunburned, which yes, that can happen to me. Uh, and you know, I spent all day today with my son at, at a sea world. And then the other day I, I was at the movies for uh, three to five hours and it was jam packed. Like I haven't seen a movie theater that packed. It was, it was one of those where you're next to awkward, sweaty people and I'm the awkward, sweaty guy too. And so, you know, you're in this theater together, but it, you know, it was great. So I haven't been doing as much reselling. And so it gave me perspective today because I'm like, man, sales are not coming through. Things are kind of rough. It's late July. But of course, I just haven't I just haven't been as active in reselling. And I want I want to encourage all of you, if things are slow, really, you know, be introspective. Think about are things slow possibly because of me, too? Like the fact that, you know, right now you're like the other day you could have, you know, gone and tourist or you could have listed. And instead you're like, you know what? I think I'm going to go to the beach today or I'm going to go to the park or I got invited to a birthday party. The other day I was at a birthday party at a trampoline park for like six hours. Right. And I, and I missed out on some of my garage sales. I missed out on packing things and shipping them out Saturday. And it's just because, you know, summer just gets busy. So think about that because I really wonder <laughs> if all those videos and people are like, things are so slow. 
if people really took the chance to take a look at and inventory how their days have been in the last two weeks, I think a lot of people would be surprised and realize they're not grinding as hard as it, they would be if it was Q3 or Q4. And so talking about catching up, sales for me have been all over the place. I don't know what's going on. E eBay makes zero sense to me. Uh, even though things have slowed down for me, I'm still listing. I'm not listing about 30 a day. I've been listing sometimes 10 to 20, sometimes 20 to 30, but it hasn't been consistent. But I got to tell you, there's days on eBay where I'm making, you know, 1K or close to 1K. And then there's other days where I'm making like $80. And I, I can't explain it. There's there's zero rhyme or reason. And it's it's a little bit frustrating because... You know, one thing you realize after doing eBay for a while as a full-time person is that eBay is a grind. Uh, years ago, there's there a lot of social media uh, resellers that left reselling. And they left like about 2019, right before everything got crazy. And one of the arguments that they made was the, the problem with eBay is they felt like they could never take a break. Like they always had to be doing something, right? Even if they're on vacation, they had to take messages, right? Unless they completely shut down their store. But most individuals always have to do that with eBay. So if you're new to reselling, you're thinking about going full-time, that's something you need to consider. That eBay is not passive. Mike and I have said that a lot, but eBay is not passive income. Sure, you can go on a trip and you'll come back. You will have like two to $3,000 worth of sales to pack and everything. But during that whole trip, you still had to reply to people. Uh, you still had to, you know make sure that you're listening every once in a while or sending offers. Like there's a certain aspect of work uh, that you always have to do with eBay. And so I, I've kind of been recognizing that. Also, uh, <laughs> I wanted to update everybody on the rugs. So I sent them to Sotheby's as pictures and everything. And it was kind of tragic because they tell you, oh, it's going to be about two weeks. But if things get really busy, you know, maybe six weeks for us to get back to you. 12 hours later, I got back rejection notices. <laughs> so I was like, wow, that, that must have, they must have just I, automatically. Now, why do I think I got rejected? I will say when I filled out the form, it sounded kind of sketch. You know, I'm sending pictures of these Persian rugs and they're saying, how did you acquire these? And I'm putting moving sale. How much did you pay for these? Well, reality is I actually paid maybe like 30 bucks per rug. Right, because I got like ten rugs for like three hundred dollars, so I even put three hundred, just because. But I thought this must look sketch to somebody that sees this really nice rug, and somebody saying that they got us some random moving sale for like three hundred dollars. Like that doesn't sound right, because I, I told you guys before, like the receipts of the rug cleaning, I they cost about five hundred dollars a piece to just clean, and so I got them for less than the cost of cleaning. So. To me, it's I, I don't think is that they're valuable. I think it's just that they're just like, yeah, I don't know about this. Don't know if we want to. You really you know, think so, though? This. Like, because like if somebody were to find, for instance, whatever like, you hear the stories all the time, someone finds a uh, a lost Van Gogh painting in an attic. Somewhere, OK, OK. And, and, and they say like, hey, I paid ten dollars for this. Someone's not going to say like you found this or ten dollars in someone's attic. It's not real. I'm not even going to look at it like. I don't know if that's like a guaranteed reason why they would reject it. So okay. I'm not All trying right, to so take maybe, it away from you, but <laughs> no, no, no. I think that's a very valid point. I think it's a very valid point. And so I don't know. I do know um, one of my good friends, what he did is he Googled uh, Pawn Stars 
and rug expert in like one line. And it came up with like all these people that have been on Pawn Stars that like have uh, have done the assessments, you know, for items. You know, whenever Rick's like, you know, I got a friend that's into whatever. And the guy shows up and does an assessment and goes, oh, you thought it was 500? That's actually worth $10,000. One of those individuals is in San Diego. So I'm going to reach out to her. Uh, you know, just, I'm gonna give it one more time. And if I don't get anything good, like <laughs> that, it's super valuable. I'm just going to put it on auction and we'll just run with it. You know, um, I can't complain about it. I've already three X my money, uh, that I spent no more than three X four X my money that I spent, uh, that day, the stereo equipment alone, I sold for about 700 and then I sold some other like camera pieces and so on. So I, I've already I've, I've already done well with what I picked up, uh, but I just want to check one more time. So, anyways, that that's my update. Uh, I, I got some random stories later on, but uh, yeah, sales all over the place. I've been listening. Uh, garage sales. I'll share that with a random story, but garage sales have been it's interesting. I, I think I shared this before, but. I feel it's just a lot of resellers trying to offload their inventory. I would say half of the garage sales I've gone to this summer have been other resellers or like swap meet people. Like for whatever reason, they they didn't sell things at the swap meet and they decided to do a garage sale. So how are things going for you, man? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, things have been pretty good. I uh, I went to the bins again, spent some more time at the bins. Okay, and uh, yeah, man, what an experience. So couple of things i love the fact that our listeners and our viewers um or even people in the discord oftentimes give us like advice or suggestions or encouragement uh, and it's amazing how many times the things that people say in those are like really helpful because yeah, you know a, a, there's, there are a lot of negative people and sometimes we get negative comments on stuff but for someone to take the time to like offer some advice or an encouragement um, a lot of times it means it's coming from like a really a place of like experience or a place of like, you know, genuine care. And so one of the things somebody said last time I went to the bins and I talked about it on the podcast, I mentioned, I guess I'm going to have to become a clothes seller now. And that wasn't really something I'm super excited about. Um, I mean, clothes are it's one of those things where I think there's a lot of benefits to clothes and, and selling clothes and there's downsides to it. But I just don't know enough of the brands and at the bins, like just digging through shirt and then pants and then literally it's pretty gross. It's like I don't understand why it even makes it in. But there's like bras and there's like underwear and there's like all kinds. Of, I'm like, how is this gloves even no in gloves. this bin? Yeah, I mean, gloves I guess no so. I, but the problem, even that, though, like so there's benefit of wearing like gloves if I wore latex gloves. But then the problem, too, is like sometimes you you want to feel the fabric like when you're yeah, digging yeah, through. That's things. what I was asking. Yeah, so I didn't wear gloves. Um, I don't know if it's. I think I think the the grossness maybe outweighs the like. Okay, is this good <laughs> good fabric or good material? Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's just like you find something and then you're trying to find. Okay, where's the tag on this? And nope, don't want that. And you move it over to a pile, and then someone else is throwing their pile into your pile, and it's not like you're just going through racks. So, um, but I, I mean, people are obviously finding things. In fact, I was there. I'm getting off track now. Hold on before I get to that. Though. So anyways, the okay. encouragement that somebody gave me and I think it was a, a YouTube comment, um, but it might have been on the discord was that just because it's what a lot of the people are doing at the bins and they're selling clothes that I don't have to change my style of reselling because of that, um, mm -hmm. that he is very successful at the bins just doing hard goods. I mean, there, there are hard good bins there. And so I was like, yeah, you know, that, that's a good way of looking at it. Like, 
I mean, maybe eventually I want to get into clothes just for space wise. It's easier kind of for storage. You can fit a lot of clothes in a tote and hard goods take up a lot of space sometimes. Even shipping is, is a little bit easier with clothes. But yeah, so I mean, it, just that encouragement. In fact, when I went to the bins this last time, I did look through some clothes bins, but most of what I picked up was hard goods stuff. And I still think I'm going to be really profitable with it. Uh, in fact, I kind of get why people do the bins because I picked up some stuff that was relatively heavy. Uh, in fact, one of them is going to be a bolo I'm going to be mentioning in a little bit. Um, but some pretty heavy stuff. And, and the price was like when they told me the price, I'm like, oh, man, I'm getting out of here for 15 bucks. Like, that's crazy. I've got a ton of stuff in this cart. So um, I that's get nice. why people go to the bins. Um, I, I finally the first time I went to the bins, I wasn't there long enough for them to bring out new bins. Uh, so I didn't get to experience that. But I mean, there was there's a lot of people sitting around waiting for bins to come out. So this time there, I was there when it happened. And so um, if you've never been there, man, it's it's interesting because people, they know where the, the empty spot is where they're going to be bringing the bins out. And so they line up in like a perimeter around it and they bring out four bins at one time. At least that's what they did here. And they're all covered with like a white sheet. And then all the people kind of come up and, and they're standing around. They've kind of locked into their space. And then like the workers count down and then they pull the sheets off and then people just boom, they go into the bins. And I'm like, holy smokes. And I'm just watching this happen. And again, I'm thinking, OK, if I lock into my space and I got like a, a little, you know, three foot bubble around me of like, this is my area. I can dig through piles. I mean, again, what's the chance that I'm going to be pulling like expensive clothing in that little pile at that one time? So it just doesn't to me the like waiting for stuff to come out. I mean, I get like, that's probably where the diamonds in the rough come from or where the, like, I just found like a $200 shirt that I'm going to be picking mm -hmm. up for 20 cents. But I just don't know if it's worth it. Like to me, I, I I don't mind looking through the hard goods or even looking through the scrap clothing bins, basically the stuff that people have already picked through. Cause I imagine some people are there. They're not resellers. They're just looking for stuff for themselves. And then resellers still have, they, they make mistakes too. We often talk about thrift stores having weaknesses, yep. but, but resellers have weaknesses too. Like a lot of times resellers will lock into like three or four brands, 10 brands, 20 brands, whatever it is. And that's what they're looking for. Like I picked up when I was at the, the bins, I don't even sell women's clothing. Usually. I mean, we've bought, we've bought a lot in bulk before, but, um, I picked up like a dress and a sweater and I just kind of could tell by the fabric, like this seems like a really nice, so I saw the tag, I looked it up and I'm like, oh, these sell for like 30, 40 bucks used. Okay, well, I'm going to be spending like 40 cents on this. So sure, I'll pick it up. No big deal. Uh, but people, they left that, right? Like that was, I, I I was only in the clothing bins for, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. And I found some stuff that people missed. So um, I, I think I'm definitely gonna be going to the bins a lot more often. But I'm, I was encouraged by what uh, one of our listeners said is, you know, I don't have to necessarily think, I'm a clothes reseller now, or I need to be if I'm shopping at the bins. I could still do fine on the, the home goods stuff. And I did. I picked up quite a few things. I picked up like a vintage toy from the, the 50s that sell for like 40 bucks. And I, you know, by weight, I probably paid like less than a dollar for it. So there, there's definitely the hard goods there. Um, so that was kind of cool. Um, and then, so I didn't know whether to throw this into random story or just update, but I, I might as well bring it now. I guess it's kind of both. Um, Can I ask you a the, question before that? Yeah, go for it. So any thoughts on doing whatnot now that you're going to the bins and you're getting stuff for super cheap? Um, no, again, I don't think so. I mean, maybe, maybe in time, but again, it's one of those, if all I'm doing is like looking for 
Nike and Reebok and like certain brands, mm-hmm. maybe. But clothes are so. It, it, it's just tough because I I only know the the I know the main ones, the main like big ones that people resell. Again, those are the ones people are going to be snagging right away. But I feel like a lot of the money in clothing oftentimes comes in like the women's clothing. And there's so many brands, so many styles. And I'm just so out of my league in that kind of stuff. No, so, I get it. I, I don't know. I, I don't. Maybe in time. Maybe if I, if every month I learn two or three new brands that sell really well and I'm finding them occasionally. And after a course of a year or two, like I've got a good repertoire, a good like knowledge base of clothing brands I could be picking up. I might, I might move towards, I don't know if I do whatnot, but I might start shifting more towards clothing. But that's in my five years of reselling, I would say that's probably been the category I've, I've been the least experienced in. I, I mean, I've sold a ton of clothes, but it's like, it's like if you only know a handful of brands, right? Like I, I sell, I know my 10 or 15 brands of clothes, like items that I sell. Um, and, and I don't know the thousands that there are and, and where they all rank in there. So um, I don't, I don't know if it's, if I'm there yet, but maybe eventually. The only reason I bring that up is, In the last few weeks, I've been considering whatnot again. And the only reason being is that if you can get your stuff for super cheap and you have a good following, it's a good turnaround, right? It's, I mean, if you're paying pennies on the dollar, right? Selling something that you picked up for what, 25 cents or let's say a dollar and you flip it for 10 to 15 or 20 bucks and you do that 30 times in one show, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. Right. And, you know, I, I've seen <laughs> I had a funny story. I, I'm not going to throw any names at all, but uh, there's a lot of shoe sellers right now that are getting destroyed on whatnot because they're going to like the Nike outlet or they're going to the Nike store and they're trying to flip their sneakers on whatnot and they're losing money because, you know, they, they may get some kind of discount or whatever but they're only making like $10 a shoe. And then if they get two or three shoes that they're losing 30 to 40 on each of them, then they're going to be in a net negative. But I think if you're able to get items for cheap, like I would think if I was nearby the bins where you were like, how far are the bins from you, Mike? They're not far. Like 15 minutes, maybe 30. Yeah. I mean, closer than 30, around 15, closer than that. Yeah. For me, for me, it's like 45 minutes to an hour. And in traffic, like by the time I'm done doing the whole thing, it's like a three or four hour ordeal, right? And, and maybe it's not bad if I average out the cost, but I've gone to the bins here and they're nuts and I just don't want to deal with that environment. But if I had one that was nearby and every day I could spend one hour and in that one hour, pick up a good amount of clothes and then go on whatnot for another hour and just spend, and then spend another hour shipping and I could get all that done in three hours every day and make a consistent, I don't know, two to 300 bucks every day, just doing that. Like, that's not bad. You know, that's yeah. not bad. Just Monday through Friday, you develop, you know, my, <laughs> you use our, you use our PHP, uh, whatnot platform. And you just from nine to 12, Monday through Fridays, you know, the Mike pure hustle auction. <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. I'm just throwing yeah. ideas out. Yeah. There. I, I just, I don't think so though, in the sense of, yeah, on paper, it sounds good. I think like you go to garage sales, like the, the, the ratio of like good stuff to garbage is much better than I feel like you go to the bins. Okay. Okay. And what wow, I mean by that is like, yeah, I can go a, to a crazy. garage sale and I'm going to find 
unless it's a total awful garage sale, I'm going to find two, three, four items at that garage sale that I'm going to be able to make 30 plus dollars on. Yeah. Right. Almost guaranteed. Um, at the bins, though, I feel like at least with my knowledge base, and again, it, it could be different if you know more, but again, you're, you're competing against so many people, too, mm. is in an hour there, I might be able to find one or two items that are like, oh, this I could flip this for 30 or 40 bucks, this shirt or this pair of pants. So at that point, it, it doesn't become worth it to me, you know? So it's like if if I was able to, yeah, get 10 items worth 20 to 30 bucks that I could flip in an hour, well, yeah, it's two, 300 bucks in an hour, easy peasy, you know, and then you got to list it, whatnot auction. So then it ends up being like $50 an hour. So fine, that's, that, that's fine. But if I'm spending an hour and I find one item that I can sell for $30 in the clothing section. Cause yeah, you might be able to find a ton. I, I could probably in an hour find like 10 to 20 items that I could sell and make like $5 net profit on. On each of them. On each of them. Right. Like that. Okay. But then again, that's probably a little bit longer tail on eBay. Um, I'm going to be taking pictures of them. I, it's just, I don't know if it's worth it at that point. So yeah, if I, if I knew I could go in and pick, even four or five items in an hour that I could sell for 30 plus bucks. Yeah, I think it'd be worth it. But I, I just don't think with my current knowledge base, I'm there, um, at least on clothing, okay. right? Maybe on hard goods, because I feel it was interesting. I saw they had pallets. Like I was kind of looking at them and I was like, okay, I'm not in the mood for a pallet right now of um, light fixtures. They had three different pallets of different light fixtures. And one of them was like specifically like bathroom. Oh, they had other bathroom like fixtures. And they were $150 each for the pallet. And there's probably like 40 plus light fixtures on each one. I'm like, all right, like this might be something that's worthwhile. Like you could be making, you know, 15 to 20 bucks each on these net profit. And if there's 40 of them here and you're paying 150 bucks. So th there's definitely, I think, room in the hard goods section for some stuff. Um, yeah, I just I don't know if I'm there yet for for clothing, but maybe I don't know. I, somebody is more. There's definitely resellers there, and you know you don't want to like walk up to somebody and say like, "Hey, tell me how you make money here at at uh at the bins." Uh, maybe I need to watch some people on eBay, but it just seems like a grind to me that I'm I'm not willing to do. And like you said, like you go to a lot of garage sales to you that feel like they're just other resellers. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some people that their gig is they go to the bins and it doesn't really matter what they pick up; they just pick up a ton of clothing and then they sell mm -hmm. it for a couple dollars each at garage sales, two dollars for shirts. Two dollars for pants, whatever, and they've picked them or up. Or they just for, sell out on whatnot to other resellers. <laughs> no, I don't. I, I don't know. I mean, I think I think what people are selling on whatnot though are still good quality things. Like it's not it's not just garbage. Yeah, let us know? know in the comments, everyone. Let us know about this discussion. What are your thoughts on this? I'm interested. Yeah. All right. So my other thing. Um, so okay, embarrassing to say, but um, I had a had a defect. I had an item not Ooh. in stock. Um, I blame the move. Uh, it was I went through and I I was pretty meticulous about making sure the items that I threw away and got rid of um, that I I took them off of eBay, and I'm like almost a hundred percent sure that I only messed up on one item, and that item happened to sell. Oh, uh, maybe worst. there's maybe there's two or three items I messed up on. I'm not gonna you know split hairs over that. But I, I did a pretty good job making sure anything that I donated or I threw away, I took off of eBay. And this one sold and I'm like, are you kidding me? I know for a fact I threw this away. And so I messaged the buyer, the buyer's not getting back and the buyer made their account that day. 
So they made their account oh. to buy that item. So I'm like, oh, I feel so bad for this person. Like I'm canceling their item. But I'm hoping like they they'd probably don't even know to check their messages or like. So anyways, needless to say, I needed to I needed to do an item run in stock. Um, and then it, that leads me down the rabbit hole of like, OK, how much is this defect going to hurt me? And I know that there's an aspect of it that's the algorithm of, you know, if you've got negative reviews, you've got um, some defects that we we kind of believe that it's probably going to have some impact on you and the algorithm in, in some ways. But eBay is very clear that if your store, so you got top rated seller, and then you got above mm-hmm. average, um, and then you have below average. Like there's no like average. It's like it's it's above average or below yeah, average. Below standard. There's no below standard. standard. Yeah, there's no yeah, standard. Yeah. So you're either above average or you're standard, uh, below standard, and. The, the so I'm looking at like what are all of the numbers because I never spent the time I've never had to worry about that like am I falling into an area that could drop me off and then it got me like looking into like man this seems like pretty messed up so if you have the number is two percent on defects um and there's there's other numbers too for various categories but just there's a general two percent defect um that you can have if um and they look back at um, a whole year if you don't do more than I think it's like a thousand sales in, in three months or something <clears> like that. Um, or they look at three months if you like get a thousand sales in every three months. So they're looking at a year's worth of time and 2% is actually, that's not, that that seems sim- somewhat reasonable. The problem though is, for instance, I mean, I've, I, I was fine, but I, I was just like looking into this was okay so let's say you're a newer seller or you're just kind of a part-time seller and you only sell a few items a month you're not selling like crazy numbers right you're selling a few items a month so by the end of the year let's say you've sold 40 items 50 items like that's how many items you've sold in a year maybe they're high value items like you're still doing pretty good part-time you're selling items that make you 100 bucks each time they sell Uh, but you've only sold 50 items in the year if you just get one defect you're now at the two percent so if you let's say you sold 48 items mm-hmm. in the year, mm-hmm. you have one defect, you're now below standard. So I was like, that's crazy because the once you're below standard, they tell you when you're below standard, you can't use promoted listings anymore. You get lower in the algorithm. You can't. There's like a whole list of things that how it impacts you. You don't get the shipping benefits. You don't get like there's all kinds of ways you, your store gets gets kind of busted. And then if you're below standard on the next time they do it, the next time they run their thing, which is every month, I think on the 20th, um, or at least that's for my store, but every month when they run yeah, the it's, thing, it's the 20th, the 20th. So every month when they run the kind of the evaluation, if you get below standard a second time, they knock your store down to basic. And it like, <laughs> how do you get out of that? Because then it's like, I can't use promoted listings anymore. I'm fine. But I'm just saying if this happens to somebody, you can't yeah. use promoted listings anymore and you're lower in the algorithm. So how are you going to get enough sales? Because the, the the game then becomes, I need to get enough sales to kind of overdo this defect. But now it's harder for me to get sales. Well, then I was like, they have in the fine print. And I was like, oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm glad they have it. The defect number of 2% has to come from four or more buyers. So if you okay. just have one defect, you're fine. In fact, you could have three defects at at you know 10 sales and you'd still be fine because it didn't come from four buyers so anyways just went down the rabbit hole of like thinking like man that's really messed up like that could really mess up somebody's store getting put into that below standard category Uh, but there is that protection there so it prevents 
because we talk about sometimes like vindictive buyers. Like, what do you do when you have a vindictive buyer who you know mm-hmm. is co- coming after you? Well, even if a vindictive buyer comes after you, you end up getting a defect on something that you can't, for whatever reason, get off with eBay, which eBay is pretty good with working with you. Um, that that one person isn't going to be enough. Like, even if you, even if they bought three things, you defected on three things from that one buyer, they can't. It would have to come from three other buyers in order for you and and you have to be above two percent so mm. both of those numbers together I, I do feel is like a pretty fair like protection for you as the seller yeah, and this is why i always say fight every defect fight every negative feedback now did you attempt at all to say hey i'm out of stock are you would you like something else or whatever would you want me to cancel this and yeah they, they didn't they respond they never responded okay. and um I actually would have been better off. Like if you do, um, I think it's, I think the number was like three, you can have like three resolved without buyer, um, without seller resolution. Yeah. You can have three of those or 2% defect. So when I was like, man, that one, like that messed me up. Like, Oh no, my numbers are fine. But then, and then I saw that four had to come from four buyers, but you, in some ways you might actually be better with resolved depending on how many defects you have. You might be better off with a resolve without without sellers, um, as opposed to just taking a defect for out of stock. So I just think it's funny how eBay is so so strict, yeah. but yet they still. I get every day I get people that don't pay right away, yeah. and and you can't even cancel them, but eBay can cancel you really quick. If you have an out of stock, it's just yep. uh, the, the irony. All right, hey, before we move on, if you haven't had a chance yet to. Keep up to date with your books to make sure that you're staying profitable, to make sure that you're ready for taxes, uh, to make sure you're tracking, you know, your profit and loss. Jump on over to My Reseller Genie and use our code PureHustle, all caps, and get 15% off the first month. Uh, My Reseller Genie, incredible tool. It'll import all your eBay listings from the previous year uh, if you haven't done your taxes yet. Uh, it'll also import all the information so you're able to track you know, what your profits are. You can put it for each item. You can put how much you paid for it, and in the end, it'll give you a monthly report. There's, it also tracks, you know, your cost of shipping, your cost of fees, all that stuff. So if you haven't had a chance yet, jump on over to My Reseller Genie, use our code PureHustle, all caps, and get that 15% off the first month. Yeah. All right. Speaking of clothing, so I got a couple of things I wanted to talk about here. I feel like we're just, this is an update episode for sure. So, you know, I bought a bunch of clothes from my Latin, uh, from my Latin pickers. Uh, that's my reseller genie, but from, uh, Latin pickers a few weeks ago. And I'm grateful. Like they gave me a great deal. I probably bought, let's say it's a hundred pieces of clothing. Okay. I don't think it was a hundred, but it was around there. <clears throat> and I forgot how much I don't like sourcing clothing. <laughs> and, and, and what's interesting is that's where I started. Right. That's where, you know, I was able to scale the business. It opened up a lot of doors for me. And I, I think for every new seller, clothing is a good place to start. But here's some things that I was reminded of. And you might go, Orlando, don't you sell Hawaiian shirts? Don't you sell, you know, baseball jerseys and so on? I do. But I got to tell you, in this last year, I would say maybe it's been 10 to 20 percent of the items that I source. Now, it's still about 60 to 80% of the items that I sell just because I, I've had some items for a while, but I really don't source clothing anymore. The main reason being is I don't go to the thrift store. I have not been to a thrift store in about, I want to say it's been four or five months since I've been to a thrift store. 
And, you know, at garage sales, there's clothing sometimes, but not as much. Local deals, there's clothing sometimes, but not as much. And usually it's always hard goods that you end up sourcing when you go to garage sales and so on. And I don't know, it's one of those things, you know, I I forgot, you know, you got to you got to make sure that it's steamed or whatever, right? So it's not super wrinkled. And some shirts, I just I was like, ah, I'm going to take a picture of it wrinkled. Who cares? And, I, you know, then you got to measure it. Then if there's a flaw, you got to make sure you point out the flaw. And then some items, you know, like I picked up some jackets didn't have their hoods. And so I had to make sure that I delineated that there was a hood missing. And, and you know, and, and the turnaround on clothing isn't that fast, right? Because it's so saturated. On top of that, if you sell clothing... It's super competitive. So you have to take advantage of promoted listings unless you have something that's super unique. And so I'm grateful for the great pickup I had, but I really, I'm not sure (laughs) I will, I will be sourcing clothing. Now the beauty of sourcing clothing for a lot of people. And I think this is why a lot of the, you know, big resellers, you know, in their mentoring courses and stuff like that, why they push clothing. Cause it's the easiest to teach people on. Right. You all you have to say is go to your local thrift store and you will always find clothing. Right. Then it's all about learning the brands. You learn the brands, then you got the brands. Right. And then after you got the brands, you got to learn to ship. But the the shipping is so easy. Right. It's usually it's a ground advantage package or it's a padded priority. If it's a bigger jacket, maybe it's a medium flat rate or large flat rate. And so just I, I just want to give everybody a heads up. Like I, I think one way to be the competition, have the unfair advantage is to get into a niche. That's not clothing. Somebody in our comments, you know, you talk about comments, somebody had said, I think in our last video about how, you know, you're always going to have to do promoted listings if you do clothing and you're going to be paying a lot in promoted listings because there are some sellers that they have promoted listings up to 20%, right? So they go to the bins, they get it super cheap. They list it and they're willing to take that 20% cut. Then that 10% cut that eBay takes. Right. But they're selling so much volume, it doesn't matter to them. But if you're in a field like, for example, you know, uh, I myself, I I do a lot of vintage toys. I do a lot with, uh, you know, I sell like inflatables. Right. Sometimes when I pick them, I'm looking at six of them right now that I need to to list. And those so good for good money. I don't have to do too much promoted listings. I was looking at my recent solds just now and. I want to say probably only like 20% of them uh, had the promoted rate. Why? Because a lot of them were toys. Uh, some of them were car parts that I had picked up. I had picked up a bunch of uh, hubcaps for uh, Camaros and Chevelles. Uh, I also had uh, a lot of, I don't know how to say it. Uh, it was just like golfing stuff, but it wasn't clothing. It was like, you know, whatever it is. It's just, just different things that aren't as saturated. And so just think about that, you know, if you're going like, you know, Orlando, I feel like I'm, I'm working a lot. I'm hustling a lot, but this clothing game, it's, it's insatiable. Like you always have to be sourcing clothing. You always have to be taking pictures. You always have to, you know, deal with the defects, deal with the returns and so on. So, so there was that, but I'm grateful. I mean, I picked up some awesome pieces and it is going to be profitable. It just, it was a good reminder of, why I don't pick up clothing too much anymore. Now, this was kind of funny. I was outsourcing at a garage sale and I didn't put this on Instagram. This was this day. I, like I said, I've slowed down. I, I had garage sales and I usually post an Instagram story. And then I ended up at a kid's birthday party. And I was like, ah, 
I'm just going to relax the rest of Saturday. And I didn't even post on Instagram. Uh, but uh, I was crossing the street and somebody had texted me. It's like, hey, Orlando, is that you at that garage sale? And it was some one of my friends from a while back. And I'm like, yeah, that was me. He's like, hey, I'm kind of bored for the next four hours. Can I just ride along with you? And I'm very focused when it goes to garage sales. So I kind of was like, hey, man, like, don't be don't be offended. But, bro, like when I go to garage sales, like I'm moving and I, I don't think it'd be a good idea for you to come along. <laughs> and then he's like, come on, come on. You can't take me along. And I was like, all right, here's the address of the next garage sale. So we went to the next garage sale and you forget about how weird you are when you're a reseller because I'm at this garage sale and it was one of those beautiful estate sales that are, it was a garage sale, but it was an estate sale. Everything was outside, but none of it had prices on it. Right. So you're just like digging. And, and the first thing I picked up was like vintage dental floss that was sealed. And he looked at me, he's like, dude, you're picking that up. I'm like, yeah, these go for like 30 or 40 bucks. He's like what? Who, who, who buys that? And in my head, I'm like, that's right. Like, to the normal person, this is weird. Like, who's going to buy dental floss, right? And then, uh, and it got even weirder when, like, the guy, he had a bunch of uh, cross-stitch kits. And I asked the guy, you know, how much? And he's like, ah, I could do five. And I'm like, how about, how about we do three for everything? He's like, sold. And then I picked up another item. And I'm like, how about, how about, how about two? And he's like, sure, two. And then he looked at me. He's like, what? He's like, why don't you just pay the $5? And I'm like, man, because every dollar counts. He's like, you know what? Why don't you negotiate? I want to get this sewing kit for my mom here. <laughs> so I grabbed the sewing kit. I went over and I told the guy three bucks. And he's like, all right, I'll do three bucks. Because the guy was just, I, I, at that time, I wasn't waiting for the first number because the guy just didn't care. He just wanted everything gone. And it's so funny. I went back to him. He's like, all right, so how much did you pay? I'm like, three bucks. And he goes, What? My mom said you she was she was okay with ten dollars. And I'm like, wow, like realize this. Like this it's been so long since I've been out with normal people, like sourcing garage sales. That Is you that what we call that- them now? Normal people. <laughs> normies. I guess well <laughs> normies, normies. It just it just was interesting because then then uh you know we're we're driving back and he goes, Hey man, what's your Venmo? I, I owe you three bucks. I'm like, dude, forget about it. Three bucks. Just, I don't care. It's fine. He's like, nah, man, I saw you like trying to haggle for like a dollar or two. And Every so, dollar counts. I guess, yeah. So, but then I guess to him, like, I must be like super broke, like, like, you know, like in a really bad place. And I said, nah, I, I texted him back. I'm like, LOL. No, it's just, this is just business. This is just how things go at garage shows. And I go, wow. Like this is, I remember cause you know, years ago when I observed other people doing this, I thought it was weird because I would go to garage sales with people that had been going for a while and they, and, and they sold on eBay. And I remember they would be haggling and I'm like, what? Like, that's a good deal already. And I remember my, my buddy Mike would be like, uh, Orlando, why, like, why not? If they want to sell it to you, they're going to sell it to you at that price. And I was like, OK, so anyways, it was an interesting one. And and it ended up working out. I always say share that you're a reseller with everybody. So he just, he contacts me. He's like, Hey, my parents are trying to get rid of a bunch of stuff. Why don't you come by our garage? And I was like, all right, I came back I came by and I ended up picking up uh, two waffle makers, which will sell for anywhere from 50 to a hundred a piece. I ended up picking a, one of those steamers that like, they're really, the really big steamers that like you press things with. 
So I'll sell that for one or two hundred. And so, yeah, it panned out to share that I was a reseller. It panned out to have him coming along on the garage sale. He ended up scoring some stuff. I scored some stuff. And I just ended up realizing what interesting creatures we are as resellers. So that yeah. was my random story. That, that's good. That's good. Yeah, we uh, we definitely uh, look at the world a little differently. That's for sure. We just have different experiences. I mean, you know, I had uh, my brother-in-law over and he's like... Uh, really good with you know mechanic stuff and working on air conditioners and stuff and like listening to him talk and 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 he's like helping me do things I'm like that's too much man he's like no this is normal and like he's like so yeah it's like everybody has their thing and yeah when you're not around you know when you're around resellers so much you forget that other people like don't they don't get it they don't they don't see the, the way we see things they don't even speak a lot of times the way we speak uh when it comes to items and things so uh, yeah it's really interesting uh so my random story um this one's pretty short, but it just kind of got me thinking. So I've got the next school year coming up here. So I went to eBay to buy uh, some of my books. Like you mentioned, Orlando um, from Latin Pickers, is that they do better on eBay than even Amazon for selling used books. Um, and I find it a lot easier to buy used books on eBay than on Amazon because uh, huh. you kind of have to you pull up a book and then you got to search through like, OK, are there other offerings of this book and at what's the price and which ones are or is on on eBay, it's a little bit easier. You know, you look at the book at that price. That's what you're getting. Um, and there's a lot of sellers. Like the one seller that I bought from, they may be one of the biggest booksellers on eBay. Maybe they're not. I don't know. I know they have got like several million listings of books. Um, wow. They they do um, like and a lot of big sellers do the same kind of thing. It's like buy three get one free. Okay. So it's really easy for me. I got I could buy three books for about four dollars a piece. Uh, and then I get the fourth book for free. Uh, so four books for 12 bucks, not a bad deal. I mean, of course, again, as a reseller, you're out of garage sales. We find them all the time for 50 cents to a dollar. So it's it's hard paying $4 for, but I'm getting the ones I want. I don't have to hunt for them. So I don't mind paying up. Well, when I get them, I see like this like envelope inside of the book package that's like, um, it looked like, you know, sometimes you buy things on Amazon and they like offer you like, you know, if you leave us a review, we'll give you this or stuff yeah, like yeah. that's kind of yeah. what it looked like. Which which um, is a, which is outside of terms of service for Amazon. But go ahead. Man, I understand. Uh, but so I get I, it's like a packet of like three different like credit card sized or like little pamphlet sized coupons for various things. Like like two of them are for like food things like uh the like the Hello Fresh and stuff like that. And it's like uh please accept this offer from our sponsors or from our partners. And I'm thinking, this is genius. Yep. Yep. This is genius. Like, and, and I'm sure I've noticed this before, but it never really clicked to me what people were doing because these people are selling books at a, at a decent profit. Like we know that they're buying these books by should, the gay Should Lords. we have shared this on air? You should have told me. <laughs> Like, I'm thinking, like, this is something we can get into ourselves. Right. Well, and that's why I bring it up now. Again, I I, I think it, it takes it takes a certain kind of store, right? Because you got to yeah, be true, big true, enough true. and you, you need to be able to show, hey, hello, fresh. Uh, you send me coupons. I'll send them to people in the mail. Like, basically, you're you're, you're paying me to to get your coupons out to people and they're going to want to know, OK, well, how many packages do you sell a year? And if you're like, well, I sell, you know, a thousand uh, it might not be worth it to them. But if you're like a company like them, it's like we sell 30,000 a year. Like, okay, then it might be a little bit more worth it. So, yeah, I wonder what that cutoff point is where because then you're looking for basically advertisers 
to pay you per package. So if you're getting paid, let's say 50 cents per package you send out, that cuts into your shipping, like or cuts down your shipping. Or maybe you get more, like maybe you send out, you're able to send out like coupons. And and because it's genius, because then those people aren't having to send them out. It's getting sent to people. I don't know. I just thought it was kind of a cool idea. Couldn't we send like our school shaver code? Couldn't we send like American Bubble Boy? Like it's the same thing. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's not as broad a field like HelloFresh, which is food, something that everybody eats, right? But I mean, I don't think it's against terms. Let let us know in the comments. Maybe maybe we could just send like a (laughs) Pure podcast. Like, come watch our show. Look at you can watch our show and see this thing that you paid four hundred dollars for. That I'm I'll tell the story that I sold it. I picked it up for two dollars at a garage sale. There you go. Because I've been I've been contemplating like one of our, our potential affiliates eventually, like Good Rancher or or like which they sell steaks to people and stuff like that. And so I thought I'm thinking like maybe we could do that, you know, just send out you know, I great idea, Mike. Great idea. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, all right. Hey, before we move on to our reseller topics, uh, if you haven't had a chance to so- follow us on social media, we are Pure as a Podcast on all social media, including threads now. Uh, and if you hadn't had a chance, uh, we are Pure as a Cast on Twitter also. Uh, you could always leave us a- an email at pureasapodcast at gmail.com. That's pureasapodcast at gmail.com. Or leave us a phone call. If you have any questions or hustle of the week you want to share, you can always give us a call at 619 738 1170. That's 619 738 1170. If you're listening to the podcast for the first time and you just want to take a look at uh, whatever we look like or just want to check us out on YouTube, uh, you can jump on over, hit that subscribe, uh, smash that like button, and hit that bell notification so you're not missing our Monday mini shows or any other episodes we drop. And as always, grateful to everybody for the iTunes reviews. Greatly helps us, keeps us as the number one reselling podcast out there. So thank you. And last of all, if you haven't had a chance and, and you want to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash pierce of podcast. And for five fifty five a month, uh, you could, you know, help us keep the lights on, get equipment that we need. Uh, I'm looking at maybe, you know, I don't know, maybe we need to, I, I, right now as a result of everybody, what they gave, like our song quality, I think is actually better than we when we were in studio. Like if you're listening to the podcast, I've even listened to it myself, which I know it's weird listening to your own podcast, but I feel like I'm in the room with with you. Like it's it's just I don't know. And it's and it's thanks to everyone here who who allowed us to get this equipment that I don't know what to call it, but Mike knows what it is and it helps us uh, create that great sound. So jump on over patreon.com slash Pure Hustle Podcast or go to the link below. And also with the bonus that comes with that, you get to jump on the Discord, the Pure Hustle Podcast community, uh, which has all kinds of sellers from Amazon FBA, Merchant Fulfilled, to Mercari, to Poshmark, to eBay sellers, to vintage clothing sellers, to retail arbitrage, all kinds of people just talking shop, encouraging one another, and just a tons of knowledge in the Discord. So come on over. Yeah. All right, we got some things to talk about. All right. We are going to be talking about things related to reselling. Like a UPS strike, USPS ground advantage, and eBay Q2 earnings report. All of this and more on Reseller News. All right. So all I wanted to say is that the UPS strike isn't happening, as far as I know. A deal's been reached, and it's over. And the reason we didn't talk about this on the podcast was because I just never saw it happening. I don't know where Mike landed on this, but... 
there's always like this threat of strikes and and UPS, you know, realizes they need to keep their items moving. And at the same time, people that work at UPS know that they need to keep getting paid. And so, you know, in the end, they came to reasonable terms and everything was sorted out and, and figured out. And remember, I also didn't bring it up that if, let's say UPS didn't work out, there's always FedEx, there's the post office, there's other avenues to ship the items from. Now, I and talking about shipping, uh, have you been shipping stuff out like UPS ground, USPS ground advantage lately? Um, I mean, not tons of things. Uh, a lot of my stuff has, has gone other ways, but a few things. I will say I, I really like it. I'm glad the switch happened. And the reason I like it is sometimes, you know, here, here's what happened. So initially before we had it, if you ship something that was worth more than $50, it was only insured, you know, up to a hundred dollars if it was priority. And that only happened on eBay. If you were like a top rated seller, there always had to be something added to it now. And I know a lot of people are going to say, well, you'll never get your money back from USPS insurance. And I think there's valid arguments to be made about that. But with USPS ground advantage, you can ship anything and it's all insured for up to a hundred dollars. So I've had some items, you know, that, somebody paid over $50 and I usually if somebody pays over $50 for something, I'll always ship a priority just so it gets there faster. Just so I get the insurance. Well, now I can ship USPS ground advantage. And I have the insurance. So it's been kind of nice to have that option, not having to deal with it. And in the reality priority has slowed down <laughs> where sometimes if, like I've said before in previous podcasts, if you're a reseller who ships daily or at least you ship by next day business, your items are always going to get on time. It's never going to be a major issue. And so, yeah, I just, you know, want to throw out their USPS ground advantage. Take a look. Uh, the major issue I've seen people having is they haven't updated their business policies. And so if you don't know what I mean, just go to my eBay on your account, go to my eBay and then go to account and then go to your policies, then go to shipping policies. And if you haven't created any, you should create some. And if you have created some that are first class, just switch them over to USPS ground advantage if you still feel lost uh there's a few youtube videos that people have created out there how to do it. it's pretty simple yeah. so so it's been good now i you know i am i'm always leery about talking about uh ebay earnings reports because let, let me just ask you mike what do you think this earnings report is going to tell us uh, i don't know i haven't uh, i haven't dug into it but i have a feeling it's going to be Hey, look, we uh, we're, we're successfully making lots of money. Our our numbers are great. Uh, also, we've had fewer items sell on our site, uh, but our bottom line is still just as higher, higher. Now, if you want to, while I'm talking, I think you may be able to pull this up on the video. If you just, oh, you already pulled it up. Look yeah, at you. Yeah, yeah. You're just tell me what it, man. tell me what page you want. All right, so let, let's go first to the graph that talks about the gross merchandise value. Well, before we go, gross merchandise value. They they talked about you know their highlights right so the fo focus their category so yeah they they improved eBay Motors they're now you know doing more authenticity and that that's great that's good that's good so scroll a little bit more uh but the one that I want to look at is you know let's look at the first one here so one of their highlights was and again I love eBay don't get me wrong but I think they have a major con contradiction in the way they want us to sell and what they're doing. So they talk about magical listing 
by AI. So you were just on it, Mike. <laughs> and so it was kind of interesting. So they actually show the picture of what an AI listing looks like and how it's like a huge, like five sentence paragraph, which is not what eBay wants. Like eBay wants you to keep it short one or two lines. And you know this, especially when you list items and, you know, you go to the thing where it's like you want to modify the template and it's like, are you sure you want to do this? You you know, generally buyers like, you know, shorter descriptions or something like that. It's just something like that. And it was interesting because on the, they took some stats and they said 30% of users tried it. So which that doesn't, that, that to me tells me a lot of sellers are kind of like, mm, I don't know. And plus the fact that it's only mobile. Okay. 90% acceptance rate of AI generated descriptions. I thought that was pretty interesting. 90%. That's pretty high. And then 80% customer satisfaction. So I wonder, I, was a survey sent out? Like, how do you feel about these AI descriptions? Yeah. My, uh, my, my thought... Yeah, I don't know how they're surveying that. But my thought would be uh, that maybe... It, just to give the benefit of the doubt. So eBay is saying that... Um, they don't want long descriptions. They want the shorter descriptions. But maybe that was when it was non-AI generated. And that if the average person who wants to put like 10 paragraphs on their items and put all the HTML flashy pictures and stuff, like maybe they just weren't doing it right. Like there's a difference between uh, somebody standing up and giving a five-minute speech if they know what they're talking about and it's somebody you want to listen to versus somebody standing up and giving <laughs> a five-minute speech and you're just like, please get off the stage, right? Like, So maybe to them, it's like, hey, this longer thing, if it's AI-generated, customers are actually have a, like a, a decent response to it versus if it's just the average person that's long-winded writing a long thing, like that that doesn't isn't received as well. So it could be that they're like, Hey, the AI response isn't actually as bad as most people who write a lot. Um, and then the other thing is, we could say eBay doesn't want that. But if the reality is that they're pushing this new feature, they might actually be, they might actually be um, promoting people who are doing it. Like your items might be higher in the yeah. search result if you're yeah. using AI listings. So it's it's tough to say. That is, or it's one of those things you know you ever bought something and you shouldn't have bought it, but you since you paid for it, you're going to use it. Maybe it's that kind of scenario. I don't know. All right, let's get to the to the the your uh, predictions, which obviously you're spot on, my friend. And I don't think it takes. I mean, I, I Mike, you're a genius, but I don't think it takes a genius to realize that. So if you go down a little bit, there's a bar graph, and okay, so GMV. Okay, so let's let's you know a lot of people always are like, well, you guys like you're comparing it to 2020. No, I'm not even comparing to 2020. Okay, so let's just compare. Let's look at Q1 numbers first, okay? So GMV, if you're new, GMV is gross merchandise value. That is how much eBay makes off of sales of items, okay? And it's in the billions. So Q1 of 2022, they made 19.4 billion. Q1 of 2023, they made 18.4 billion. So it's a billion dollars less on GMV. Now go to Q2. So Q2, the, the discrepancy wasn't that bad, but there's still a major discrepancy. So Q2, 2022, 18.5 billion. Q2, 2023, 18.2 billion. So what does that tell you? Well, there's a lot less buyers. And so overall, I think they said they there was a drop in 4% of the amount of buyers that they had on the eBay platform. 
That tells me a couple things. That tells me obviously eBay has lost more of the marketplace, right? There's more people that are, you know, going to other platforms and buying. That also tells me that, you know, people aren't buying as much, right? People aren't yeah, going on and if, there. And if you look like going back to that Q2 thing, it's broken up into international versus US going the Q2 of 2022 versus Q2 of 2023. The entire loss pretty much comes from the US market. So it's like, yeah. yeah, we do. We are doing fine. Like I sell things internationally, but I'm certain that it's international sellers selling internationally that are making up a vast majority of international sales. Oh, yeah. Like I would say I would say 85 percent, 90 percent of my sales are coming U.S. So if, yeah, and- if the loss is coming, if that if that three hundred million dollar loss is coming straight out of the U.S. side. So we went from nine, nine percent or nine point nine billion to 8.7 billion that's that's my market right like i'd be i'd be happier if part of that was coming out of the international but yeah that's rough and so for example they at the end of june it's somewhere in the report end of june uh in 2022 they had 138 million active buyers and now they're down to 132 million so that has changed but ebay did the revenue well in has stock gone market. up Yes, but they still did well because they beat projected estimates of revenue. And where did that revenue come from? Well, no, no, go down even more. Go down. Hold go on, before the- I go down though, look at this though. They 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 made so Q two. We know they made more money in Q two last year than they made in Q two this year. Yeah. Yet their revenue this year was higher than their revenue in Q two of last year. So they Correct. made they made more money this year, even though they didn't sell as much stuff on the platform. Correct. And that that's because of if we go to the next bar graph here, is their advertising revenue. This is promoted listings. Look at oh these numbers. God. So if you're listening to the podcast, but let me break down these numbers. Okay. So imagine your head a bar graph that is constantly going up. Okay. It's there's no up and down. It's just up and up and up and up. Okay. So Q1 of 2022, eBay made 267 million off of advertising. Okay. Q1 of 2023, they made 317 million. Okay. Now let's look at Q2. Okay. Q2 last year, same time. Q 275 million. This 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 time around, Q2 2023. 367 million. Yeah, no, that's crazy. That's that's a it's the biggest jump. Like that's a huge jump. That just tells me it it it's not going away anytime soon. It, it's what's keeping eBay above water. It's what's keeping you know their shareholders happy. Uh and it's just the reality we're gonna have to live in. You know, like that's who whoever came up with that idea probably got a nice bonus. That's that's all I'll say. Like it's helping the company. Crazy, crazy. All right. Do we have so, any more on this that you wanted to go over? Is no, that no, good? that's that's pretty much it. But I, I just I want to remind people like all the time I get people that go like, I don't do anything promoted. I'm not, you know, I we should all stand up against eBay. And I'm like, no, like it, it's not going to it's not worth it to you because the reality is on eBay. Only 20 percent of eBay sales are secondary goods. Right. And And most of the people that listen to our podcast they're not selling new items, right? They're selling secondary goods. And so 
you may say, well, I'm not going to let eBay take my money. That that may cost you money in the long run. And I hated it. I mean, I am I a fan that I'm on dynamic ad rates? No, I, I'm not. Because, you know, some items like I've, you know, eBay got their 10% cut and then eBay got their other 8% cut and then eBay got their cut on their t- on, on the taxes that I had nothing to do with. Then eBay got their cut on the shipping then, you know, then it just, yeah, I can go on and on and on. But I will still say eBay is the best platform to sell secondary goods. They have the largest amount of buyers. They have the best seller protections. They have the best international shipping program. I do think Pirate Ship, uh, Simple Export, is a major competitor to eBay's international shipping. I, somebody had commented on our social media last week how, they don't do any eBay International. They do it all through Pirate Ship, and they're able to reach more countries because you know when you do eBay International, you can only do the countries that's listed. Where if you do Simple Export, there's a lot more countries open to you when you do Pirate Ship. So that's just something, that's something to consider. But uh, yeah, nothing surprising, Mike. Nothing, nothing surprising, which makes me kind of sad. So, and I think that's, I think that's been true for like a decade. I, I saw, I, I can't remember when this was, but, you know, somebody had been discussing how eBay has lost like GMV every single year for, except maybe 2020, but bef- outside of that, it's been kind of rough. So, all right. So, Hey, I just wanted to share something real quick. Um, international shipping. It's not like a reseller topic, but just a tip for people out there. Uh, sometimes you'll get an international buyer and eBay hasn't figured this out yet that, wants to buy multiple items from your store. Sometimes it'll let them put everything in a cart. Sometimes it won't. I don't know what the difference is, but if anybody contacts you and says, Hey, I want to buy multiple items and I want to combine shipping or whatever. The best thing to do is just create a new listing and just put all, you know, just screenshot all the pictures of the items that they want, make a one listing and just sell it that way. It makes the shipping easier. It brings costs down for the buyer and it allow, allows you to close that sale for more money. And I've had to do that a few times. I'm not sure why eBay ha- doesn't have that resolved, but it's allowed me to, you know, make decent sales. Instead of selling one item, I sold two or three or five, whatever it is. So just a quick tip. Does that make sense what I just shared? Yeah. I mean, that it, it sucks. It's extra work for you. And then, you know, you want to make sure that when you do something like that, that you're, um, that you're taking the item down before you list the new yeah. group because you could run into issue where you list 10 items together as one listing someone buys it and then when they're in the process of paying for it someone happens to buy one of those other 10 items so no, I, i've had yeah. that happen where yeah. there was a buckle that was part of a lot and i forgot to pull that buckle and i looked and i looked you know how it goes you spend yep. like 30 minutes and like i can't find this item luckily with ebay you can go back two years and you can type in a name. And so, the problem is <laughs> it doesn't always work when you're researching stuff. So that's another whole conversation. So, you know, anyways, I'm going to be kind. All right. So, yeah, that, that's all we got for reseller topics. Nothing crazy happening. Uh, you know, it's um, we've talked about AI before, so I got nothing new on AI. But I would say keep keep looking out for AI. Uh, I had posted on social media but how AI is working at thrift stores to like sort out items and, and price them. And it created this huge discussion on social media. And actually the person that uh, is responsible for software for the software commented on the post. Uh, and uh, you know, the discussion was basically like 
in two or three years, AI is going to pretty much dominate the thrift store space. But we'll leave that for another podcast. So, all right. That is our reseller topics for today. Yeah. Let's talk, let's talk, right. talk about what to look for. All right. Uh, Bolo uh, is an item that you want to be on the lookout for while you are out reselling. So you're out thrifting, you're at garage sales, you're doing uh, you're doing some searching on eBay. Sometimes we have people ask, what is Bolo? So uh, my Bolo um, is something we've kind of talked about. You talked about baseball bats being a Bolo in the past. Mm-hmm. And when I was at the bins, I found some, I, I thought they're baseball bats. I looked them up. They're softball bats. So um, I'm just extending your bolo that uh, baseball or softball bats um, do really well. So um, again, those pay by the pound at the at the salvation or at the uh, Goodwill bins. And so I picked up two of them uh, that one of them I think is going to sell for a hundred dollars. Another one's going to sell for like sixty five, seventy dollars. And I had a whole bunch of other stuff in my cart, and I paid fifteen dollars total getting out of there. Uh, so it's definitely kind of a hustle too. Um, hustle of the week in that sense, picking up those two bats for so cheap. Uh, but yeah, softball bats can do really well. Um, I, I don't know a ton about baseball or softball brands um, or styles, but these were carbon uh, bats, which I think uh, go a little bit more. But it's one of those things where it's like, now that I'm, I'm going to be taking the time to list these, checking out the model numbers, all of that, I'm going to spend a little bit of time kind of looking into which ones of these types of bats sell better or worse. And so I will be I always do that whenever I, I pick something up and I suggest doing that as well. Uh, it's kind of just search the sold comps for like which ones have sold for the highest or their different models, brands. And then that's now added into your brain. Uh, but I uh, I knew bats were, were a bolo, but finding these softball bats is like, holy cow, man, there's uh, there's some money here. Yeah, and it and they're easy to ship. You know, I UPS ground is the way to go. And it, it's really easy. I, you, all you have to do is grab, you bubble wrap it then grab a piece of cardboard and you just like roll it up with the bat and then you just make sure you tighten, you know, because it's wrapped. You just tighten the edges and it's all good and you're good to go. Like I love if I could source Baywell's baseball bats every garage sale weekend, I would love it because they, they do move pretty quick, too. So it's uh, year round. That's the beauty of travel ball. People always need bats. So there you have it. So my bolo is is we always think about Nintendo you know, we think of like Sega Dreamcast. We think about Game Boy. But PlayStation 1 games are making a comeback. I, I've sold so many of them in the last few months. And, and it's crazy because I don't think a lot of people, I mean, obviously now more people are going to be looking at them. But, uh, you know, I, I went to a garage sale a few weeks ago and I paid $10 for like a stack. And I didn't think anything of it. I thought maybe I could sell each of these for 20 there was one that I sold for like 70 bucks. No, 75, 75. There's another one I sold for 35. There's another one I sold for 20. And these are PlayStation 1, you know? And and they're quick sellers. Like it, like Twisted Metal was one of them. I picked up like four of them in a old school. Remember those CD cases? Mm-hmm. They could zip up. And I sold all four of them like within a day. And I made like a quick 30 bucks. And I paid five bucks for the CD case. And I had more games in there. So... Keep an eye out for PlayStation 1. I remember I used to pass over PlayStation 1 all the time, but now you you, you never know. And so I would say even the ones that sell for like 14 or 20 bucks, I think it's worth picking up because they flip quick. 
right? You'll make your money fast and you move forward and it helps trigger the algorithm. So those are the bolos uh, for this week. Hey, yeah. uh, before we move on, if you haven't had a chance yet uh, to get that bubble wrap, we had mentioned the American Bubble Boy before, I think. Uh, go on over to American Bubble Boy uh, via our link. Uh, and uh, no discounts offered on, on the bubble wrap. And the reason being is because it's such a great price already. And it's free shipping. It is next day if if it's in your area or today. You can even do local pickup. And there's also tape that you, there is a discount for a 5% off. If you put our code Pure Hustle, you'll get 5% off uh, my go-to tape, which I will tell you, I am buying some more. I used to always buy eBay tape with my shipping coupon, but eBay tape is trash. I, I just can't stand eBay tape. And once I went to my go-to tape that American Bowl Boy exclusively sells, I, I don't think I'm going to go back to eBay tape. I'm instead going to use that money to buy maybe poly mailers or something like that. Because, uh, you know, the other day I had posted, I don't know if you saw the post where I had a, I had a duck decoy I had to ship out. Oh, oh, you know which one sold? Remember that big goose on the podcast? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it sold. How much did like, it sell for? Uh, I, should I should wait for Hustle of the Week? That was going to be Hustle of the Week next sure. week. Sure. Uh, yeah, let's so, see. That, that's, a, that's a good little uh, teaser. Make sure you check out next week's episode. Yeah, but it sold, and I had to make sure that everything was in place because if the neck snaps off, like because it was the, like a bigger neck, and so I had to tape. But, man, the amount of tape that I had to use for eBay tape, and, and eBay tape is just flimsy. If there's any kind of wind, it'll instantly like move it and it'll stick to the tape next to it. It's just just terrible. My go-to tape doesn't do that. So anyways, go to American Bubble Boy, get my go-to tape, use our code Pure Hustle for the tape, or just buy some bubble wrap. So check out the link below. All right, what are you looking forward to here, Mike? Um, I'm looking forward to getting to, honestly, get going to the bins a few more times, uh, kind of really figuring it out. Um, it's hard because I've got to think wait now instead of just uh like look at an item put it in and know how much my cart costs um because that those are always running through my mind you know how much i'm paying how much thing i'm going to make but the price is so cheap and less than items really heavy so it'll be weird to be picking something up and be like this might be too heavy versus what i'm going to make off of it but uh, i'm excited i'm excited to get to uh get to the the bins a few more times and it's on my way home from work and my job will be starting my new teaching position will be starting here pretty soon. Uh, so it yes. might end up being like a twice a week thing or something where I just stop for a half hour and just look, dig through some bins real quick. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. What about you? What are you looking forward to? So I, I'm still, I, I don't know. You know, somebody had said uh, at one point in one of the comments, like no more doom and gloom about Q4. And to me, it's whether there is or not, I can't stop what I'm doing. Right. I do this full time. So I need to prep. So I'm going to keep listening like crazy. In August, I am going to start doing whatnot auctions once a week. Uh, and just because, you know, I haven't done it in a while and I kind of, you know, you take a break and you want to go back to it. So I'm going to try it out. If, if I do one and it's just not worth my time, I won't go back to it. But I thought I'd try it out. I have a, I have a lot of vintage hats I've picked up over the last uh, few weeks. And I know there's people that are looking for vintage hats. So check us out. Uh, we also have that whatnot code and uh, not the code, but you know, you get $15 credit, you go to the link below, but I want to, I want to do a little bit of whatnot auctions here. And so we'll see how that goes. I, I shared that idea with you because it's something I've been contemplating. Uh, if I can find a resource where I can get just cheap inventory uh, that I could make good money on, like at least once a week, I may just, I may just do a whatnot 
just for you know it has to be worth it that's the thing it just has to be worth it up until this point whatnot has not been worth it i don't want to spend more than four hours a week on whatnot i'm willing to spend the one hour to sourcing i'm willing to spend a one hour uh doing the auction i'm willing to spend an hour shipping but any more than that i'd rather devote to ebay sourcing listing shipping because it's a lot more profitable uh on ebay so we'll see what happens so check us out uh stay tuned to our whatnot i think it's still alive <laughs> I haven't, when's the last time you looked at our whatnot it's been a long time i don't even know how many items we sold on there i don't think we've hit the thousand mark yet so so maybe we will now so yeah that's that's what i'm looking forward to that i'm looking forward to uh just um the second round of garage sale season starting soon but it's not not here it's really hot here in california and i know you're dying right now okay but it's a it's a terrible 85 right now of dry heat but you know it's a big deal in california so I, i'm hoping that things cool down so i can go to garage because garage have been kind of eh lately so we'll see what happens so hey everyone thank you for tuning in hopefully this podcast helped you out a lot appreciate you guys that listen to the podcast appreciate everyone that watches just thank you for all your support and with that being said make sure to be real be relevant and be reselling lates peace <laughs>